Hey everyone, welcome back to our Prove It podcast, where we study God's Word and find ways to prove it in our life. Uh, my name's Daniel, and today we have Trey joining us. Uh, glad to have you back. Glad to be after, back. Uh, after a few weeks. And we are going to be going through Mark chapter 6 today. And this is another one of those chapters that when I read through it initially, it was like, okay, here's just kind of a collection of stories. Um, but as I've looked a little deeper, mm -hmm. there's a lot of significant things here. Yeah. And so excited to jump in and chat with you. And, and so far, you know, we're, we're watching Jesus' ministry unfold. I think mm -hmm. last week we talked about the first half of this book centers around his ministry in Galilee, right. which is just kind of the small region to the, the west of the, the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. And, and Jesus is traveling around. And, and Mark, is his purpose is to show us who Jesus truly is. And he's done that in a number of ways now. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen it in how, uh, you know, through the tensions that he's had with some of the religious leaders, that the way of Jesus is not the same right. as the traditional Judaism and mm -hmm. what everybody would have, mm -hmm. you know, practiced and done. There, there are some big differences. Mm -hmm. um, and then we've seen it through his teaching yeah. about the kingdom and these parables. And, and most recently, we've seen it in some miracles that he's done yeah. uh, that we talked about last week. And so Mark is continuing to mm -hmm. unveil who he is. And then yes. we're also getting to see different people respond. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, we may get to see a little more of that. Yeah. So, yeah. So why don't you just maybe run through? So now we're up to chapter six. What are mm -hmm. some things that we're going to see today? Yeah. So as you said, kind of chapter six is kind of just a, a collection of just a bunch of stories, things kind of happening. There's no real, just one like overarching theme that's taking place in chapter six. Yeah. Um, we will get to see Jesus rejected by his hometown. We'll get to see uh, how he, he finally sends out his 12 disciples for the first time. Because um, he called them a few yes, chapters ago, yes, and now they're right, going to get right. put to work. Um, we, we'll see that the story um, of kind of what happens, we finally get to figure out what finally happens to John the Baptist. Okay. Um, yep. And because we, we've kind of been wondering, okay, where is he at? What's going on? Uh -huh. um, we see Jesus. He somehow, some way feeds the 5,000, and then finally... Jesus, you know, walks on water. So yep. all of really cool, um, almost unimaginable miracles that we see uh, take place here in chapter six. And so it's a fun little chapter that we yeah. get to explore. So for sure. Yeah. And I think, again, we see more responses from different people. Yes. Like you said, we're going to talk about him going to his hometown. And then uh, one of the characters that I want to talk about briefly before we yeah. dive into the text is mm -hmm. Herod. Yes. Um, so we haven't heard from him yet, but mm -hmm. he is the kind of the political leader right. mm -hmm. over Galilee. And we get to see his response, which is, again, different from what we've seen so far. I mean, we've seen the Pharisees and they're, they're jealous and they're angry. We've seen crowds that are, they, they're drawn to Jesus mm -hmm. because he can do these really mm -hmm. cool things, but it doesn't seem to go much deeper than that. Right, right. We saw his family mm -hmm. and they kind of basically said, eh, he's kind of crazy, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so all these, you know, encounters with Jesus can bring about and elicit a variety of responses. And I think <laughs> yeah. that's true today yeah, too. For sure. Um, so but back to, back to Herod. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I have our, our map here. It's, I know kind of hard to see, but um, so sometimes talking about these political leaders is confusing because there are a number of Herods in the Bible. Right. Um, so just to kind of give a little context for this one, mm -hmm. the very first Herod we see is when Jesus is born, and that mm -hmm. was Herod the Great. Mm -hmm. And he was the one who had heard word this new king was coming and, and you know, made the edict to have all the um, Jewish boys to and under kill. Right. So that was Herod the Great. And, and he reigned over a huge portion of Judea mm -hmm. and, and all these 
areas that are kind of broken up, but he died not long after that, and and he broke his kingdom up or his you know the area he ruled up because he still served Rome right um, into several areas and and, and divvied them out to his his mm-hmm. sons and so one of his sons was this guy named Herod Antipas and uh, so Herod actually rules over this smaller region of Galilee which is where Jesus is from so that's significant and then he rules over another portion that's east of mm-hmm. Judea called mm-hmm. Perea. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we don't really read much or think much about it. The only thing to maybe consider is we've been down south already when we had John the Baptist baptizing people. Right. And so he did that in the Jordan, which would have been right on the border of another mm-hmm. region of, of, of where Herod was at. And that's, that's going to be significant. And we'll kind of talk about that when we get to that portion of the text. But mm-hmm. just keep in mind, you know, this region that we're in is, is ruled under one of these Herods. Right. Uh, and this is also going to be the same one, Herod Antipas, that um, Jesus is going to stand before right. in, in, in trial. And, and the Jews don't like right. the, the Herodians and, yes. and, and Herod because they, they work with the Roman government. Right. Um, one important, like another thing that I thought was interesting is this Herod built a uh, built up a city right to the west of the Sea of Galilee, and this just kind of shows, you know, they are bringing in this other culture, this right. Roman culture, right. and so he names it Tiberius after one of the emperors, mm-hmm. and so those are the things that, you know, the Jews who are in this area despise. Yes, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. like we we don't want this, and mm-hmm. so um, it's just just interesting, yeah. just sort of the the political climate that's going mm-hmm. on there. So yeah. so we're gonna get to see his response yes. to Jesus because. Yes. He's, Jesus is making waves mm-hmm. in his area, and, mm-hmm. and we're going to see... Uh, what is he going to yes. do, yeah. Yeah, so, so there's a lot here, and so we're not going to yes. read everything. We're going to kind of mm-hmm. summarize a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, but in our first, you know, six or seven verses, we have this story where yeah. Jesus ha- goes to his hometown. I want you to just maybe summarize for yeah, us what, so, what happens Yeah, here. like you said, Jesus goes to his hometown, and he, as he almost always does when he enters the town, he first he goes to the synagogue, and he starts teaching, um, yeah. and after he's been teaching for a little bit of a, for a while... People are like, who is this guy? You know, who is this guy saying these different things? Wait, this is Jesus, right? The carpenter, the the son of Mary and Joseph, the other carpenter, this this guy who we've seen since he was a baby, and now he is teaching all of these things. He's doing all of these uh, different types of miracles. Not here, but this is this is different. I don't I don't I don't like this. I'm not for this. And so, uh-huh. um, in a way, he's rejected by his own his own people. And I love this line, right? It says, a prophet is not without honor except in his, own, in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his household. That's so fascinating that, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you would imagine that the people who will, you know, spur you on are the people who are closest to you. But for Jesus, they, they didn't get him. They didn't understand him. And they, in turn, they had massive unbelief and reject him. So, yeah. No, it is interesting. and Because you see that they... You know, this is this is a different story, and, and we're assuming Nazareth. That's where he's from. I think right. that's probably what we're talking about. Right. It doesn't say it, though. right? Um, but on all these other towns that he goes to, people are amazed at his teaching, and yes. th- they were too. Mm-hmm. But then, when it came down to performing miracles, yeah. that's where a big yep. difference was. Exactly is, yeah. uh, and it says he didn't. Mm-hmm. It phrases it kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, he could not do any miracles mm-hmm. here except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Any other thoughts kind of when you... Yeah. Like, so what what is, when, my fir- when I first read that, I'm like, okay, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever to say that he couldn't do any miracles, but he does do a miracle. But I, I, think, I think when he wasn't able to do any faith miracles, if that makes sense. So yeah. you have the woman who 
Um, if she's like, if I could just touch Jesus' cloak, right. I, I could be healed. Because we just saw, mm-hmm. we, and we've seen several now examples. Right. Mm-hmm. A guy going through the roof. Right, right. This going to extreme mm-hmm. measures. Mm-hmm. And, and that comes from, I, I believe that Jesus right. can, you know. That he can he, do this and heal me. And I'm not exactly sure 100% who he is yet, yeah. but I know that I need to see him, that I, I know I need to be around him. And so you get the opposite kind of experience when he's at his hometown yeah. where it's, I know you, dude, and I'm, I'm not sure yeah. I, I want anything to do with you. And it's so strange. Yeah, I think you're, you're spot on there. Cause it, and it might be, when you read this the first time, sometimes it kind of reminds this, this is what it's not like, but right. it might be easy to think of it this way. But like at the very end of the movie, Elf, when it's like, oh, enough people don't believe we can't <laughs> right. get Santa slayed. Right. You know, right. it's not like that right. to where like Jesus mm-hmm. power is, is mm-hmm. contingent on mm-hmm. our belief. That's, right. that's right. not right. the right. case. Yeah. He is fully powerful. Yeah. And, uh, but he, we see this pattern that mm-hmm. he heals those mm-hmm. and he does these miracles in response to faith because right. The miracle is significant, but it's not the most important thing. Exactly. And so exactly. It, it, it would set a, a mm-hmm. weird pattern to yeah. just... If the miracle know, doesn't point to the kingdom of God, there's no point right. in doing it. And, so. and, and draw in us a response of faith. Mm-hmm. And so here you have people that, um, if, if you don't think that Jesus can do these things because right. you don't believe who he is, then mm-hmm. you're not going to turn to him. Mm-hmm. There is like, mm-hmm. what's what's the purpose then? And right. you know, because Jesus wants us to develop that exactly. faith and to yeah. see that that is is what He's longing for in right. His followers. And, and then so. at the very end of this little passage here, he it says Jesus was amazed at their unbelief. Yeah, uh-huh. and I man, wonder if that amazement is more just right sadness. Yeah, you know? like that it has to upset him that the people who he grew up with. Uh, they're not, they're not getting the big picture and they're not seeing who he truly is. Yeah. That has to break his heart. He's known these people since he was a kid. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, yeah. And I think you see another example of something that can get in the way. And this one, this one strikes me a little harder than some of the others is, mm-hmm. is because of their familiarity with him. Mm-hmm. They were not able to see him in a, in, in a deeper mm-hmm. light in the true light. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think for us, you know, are there times that we're just so familiar, like, especially if you, you know, maybe grew up in the church. Right. Um, you know, I think the lesson here is proximity to mm-hmm. Jesus. I mean, mm-hmm. they spent probably more time with right. him and, you yeah. know, uh, mm-hmm. than, than other mm-hmm. people. Um, but proximity to Jesus and being around it doesn't always equate mm-hmm. to faith. Right. Um, there still needs to be mm-hmm. a humility. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that's harder to find when you're so familiar with, with him. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Yeah, so just one more way that people respond. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, we'll move right along here. And so uh, this next passage, we see some of the disciples come back into play. Um, do you want to read that one for us? Uh, yes, I can. I'm going to read it off the screen. Okay. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the 12 to him. He began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not eat, not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Mm. Right. So again, pretty simple yeah. story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is, it, you know, it's important to note we, we saw Jesus call the disciples, uh, you know, by name in chapter three, and here they are going out on mission. And I think a lot of people will look back and, and see this, 
you know, kind of look at this passage as right. maybe a framework for the future of ministry mm-hmm. and the future mm-hmm. of, of, of mission. Yeah. And there may not be a lot of details there, but I think there's some things maybe yeah. we can grasp from it. I don't yeah. know any, yeah. any thoughts I, that you see. I think the first thing I am paying attention to is, is kind of going back to Moses and how having two to three witnesses and um, not being alone on the mission field. Yeah. Um, allowing other people to to go with you, um, that it, you need a community uh-huh. um, to spur you on because by yourself, you're, you're, you're alone, you're on an island. And um, I do think it would be, I, this is com- maybe off topic, but I remember a question that I, I got one time and it was, would you rather uh, have a, a, a Bible going to a foreign island um, with a thousand people on it or would you rather have another person to go with you? Um, and mm. to me, I would always rather have a person to go with me. Yeah. Our goal is to share the gospel with mm-hmm. these people. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, I need another person to keep us going, keep us pushing forward. And yeah. I think that's what Jesus knows this. You need a partner yeah. um, who will, when you when you feel weak, they can be strong. When you, mm-hmm. uh, when you feel like you aren't maybe the smartest guy in the room, they can help you. And yeah. obviously we, we find that hope in Jesus, but also just having someone by your side is just so crucial. So. Yeah, I hear, I, I think that's great. And I hear a couple of things you, you say in there, why it's important that mm-hmm. they're going out in mm-hmm. pairs or at yeah. least teams. And, you know, one, this idea of witness, like you said, and I, I think the purpose of missions is to bear testimony right. to Jesus. Right. And, and so much a part of their culture, and even mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm testimony is valid and mm-hmm. having more people. So right. there is that. Mm-hmm. But then I, I love the other side mm-hmm. what you mentioned, just mm-hmm. uh, none of us are by ourselves capable. Of, we don't have all the gifts and talents. Right. We have to rely on each other. Right. Like we're, we're not mm-hmm. strong in everything. We're just a part of the and, body. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. And that's, that's how ministry is mm-hmm. meant to work. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's the reasons I read this and I appreciate, mm-hmm. you know, I always appreciate the time that I have been in ministry so far mm-hmm. and just the teams that, you mm-hmm. know, I get to be a part of the team right. that I'm a part of now mm-hmm. and just seeing that each of us, we have different skill sets. Mm-hmm. And um, there are times where it's like, you know, you can look at someone like, man, I wish I was more that way, right, but you, right, you, you right. have your own gifts mm-hmm. and, and, and strengths where they may be weak. And, um, and so I think that is, really important uh, as we think about uh our Mm -hmm. our task is Mm -hmm. is it is something we do with with others Mm -hmm. and that's that Mm -hmm. is very significant right um yeah i also uh i think um just as they go about he kind of tells them what they might expect Mm -hmm. that not everyone's going to respond positively Mm -hmm. um and that's that's hard but i think just knowing that to be true and even true today allows you to okay, my job is to share this message. And, you know, he says the message of repentance and calling people to turn from their sin. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everyone's going to respond well to that. And right. so um, just to know in what we've seen so far, even in Jesus' ministry, there is going to be a variety of responses. Right. And just be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I see there is just the the lack of provisions yeah. that they, mm-hmm. they you know, mm-hmm. he doesn't tell them to take very much yeah, with them. Yeah, take anything with you. Um, and so I don't know any thoughts on 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 that. Um, other than just the idea of don't don't let let anything weigh you down. Mm-hmm. So how much clothes am I going to pack? How much money do we have? Those things can start to get in the way of the purpose. Yeah. And so I think Jesus understands um, there will be enough people who will provide for you if they if they want to know me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the end of the day, don't take anything but your staff mm-hmm. um, and go. You know, so 
not a yeah. whole lot, but I yeah. just feel like Jesus is letting them know that you don't need to have all the glitz and glamour. Mm-hmm. I just need you to go do the work of the kingdom. Right. And yeah. whatever that looks like, great. Yeah. And yeah, I, and I think kind of one other, other thought is they're going out and sharing a message, but they also live that out themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. what we're seeing and what God honors, what Jesus honors is people that fully rely on him. And so they are not only sharing this message of who mm-hmm. Jesus is and, mm-hmm. and you know, trust in him, but they are displaying it right. to you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's challenging, mm-hmm. I think, for, for us today to mm-hmm. know, okay, when we think about ministry and we think about, oh, you know, God has given us all this creativity to do his work. Right. And, um, you know, but sometimes we think, oh, we need to get all of our resources in place right. and all, mm-hmm. but, but there's an element mm-hmm. of, nope, trust go. God. And, go. and, you know, as long as he's, you know, leading you that way, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll provide. So, yeah. cause it yeah. is early on in the ministry that this is happening. So mm-hmm. these guys may not even fully understand who Jesus is yet. And I would say most of them don't, but they're just all in mm-hmm. and whoever he is, we're going to follow him. And so, all right, we're going to go. So yeah, I find that fascinating. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, we'll keep going. So something interesting happens here. Mark is telling this story about mm-hmm. the disciples being sent out, and he interrupts this with another account. This is when he starts talking about Herod, but it's in the middle of this idea of the disciples going out because okay. we're going to come back to it, which I think is significant, and we'll get yes. there. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read okay. just a portion because uh, now we're, we're talking about Herod, mm-hmm. and we're going to see a little bit of his response to mm-hmm. all this work that's going on. Right. And, you know, you have people that are starting to mm-hmm. wonder, who, who is this Jesus mm-hmm. guy? So uh, this is what it says in verse 14. King Herod heard about this, for Jesus' name had become well known. Some were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead, and that is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Others said he is Elijah, and still others claimed he is a prophet, like one of the prophets of long ago. But when Herod heard this, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised from the dead. Uh, so we get this kind of crazy response. We know what happened to John. Yeah. So then Mark goes on and we're we're not going to read it all, but he goes on to explain now another story Mm -hmm. about what happens Mm -hmm. to John. And so this is, this is kind of the summary of it. So you have Herod who a while back arrested John the Baptist, right? Because, um, so some backstory, Herod had a brother named Philip and, uh, Herod was, he was married to uh, a lady. It was actually the, the daughter of the King of mm-hmm, Arabia. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he goes and spends some time, some time in Rome with his brother, uh, falls in love with his brother's wife. Uh, her name is Herodias <laughs> and ends up taking her as his wife. And, and this is, this is the crazy stuff about the Herod family. She was both of their niece. So it's, there's a lot of, uh, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's a soap Strange. opera here. So he, he takes her as his wife. Right. And, uh, so at some point in John's ministry, you know, we, he was down there by mm-hmm. that region of mm-hmm. Perea, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe that's why he mm-hmm. spoke out, but John the Baptist spoke out against this marriage and that didn't sit well, uh, <laughs> primarily with the wife, with Herodias. Right, right. And so from that moment on, she one, it's him out of the picture. Yeah. So um, Herod arrests him. Mm-hmm. He puts him in prison. Mm-hmm. And, and John the Baptist has been in prison for mm-hmm. a while. But we see even here in Mark's account, Herod is kind of on the fence about John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know that uh, he, he recognizes that he's hol- a holy mm-hmm. right. man. And mm-hmm. he has a little bit of reverence mm-hmm. for that. And he's fascinated mm-hmm. by what's mm-hmm. going on. Um, but I, I think there's, and I think some people, whenever you're called on your, your sin, um, you know, Herodias is just flat out mad, right. but he's kind of 
a little fearful. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the words it, it mm-hmm. uses. It. He yes. was afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, You're distressed. Yes. Is what Myron uh-huh. says. Uh-huh. And so, uh, which is, again, a whole new reaction mm-hmm. to this whole Jesus mm-hmm. movement. But the story continues. Herodias finds uh, an opportunity. It's Herod's birthday. Mm-hmm. And he throws this party, and she talks to her daughter. So this is now Herod's stepdaughter. Mm-hmm. And has her dance mm-hmm. at this banquet mm-hmm. in front of Herod and all his, mm-hmm. you know, guests. And, you know, back then it would be more of like a seductive kind of dance. Mm-hmm. So pretty strange yeah, occurrence uh-huh. here. So, um, but it pleased everybody. And, and Herod's like, I'm going to let you just let, Whatever I'm going to give want. you something. Whatever you want up to half my kingdom. And so this, this girl goes back to her mom. Says, what should I ask for? And, and Herodias is like, have him give you the head of John the Baptist on a platter. So she runs before, you know, maybe the, you know, Herod's a little, you know, perhaps a little inebriated, mm-hmm. I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and asked for that. And, and so Herod is on the spot. He right. didn't want to kill John, right. mm-hmm. but because he's on the spot, he delivers that promise. And so John is, is killed. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's kind of the, the story what, that happens there. Um, so a couple of things I, 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 I want to talk about, like, Here's a new reaction yep. from, from mm-hmm. Herod. He's, he's fearful. And so now he thinks there's this guy doing similar things, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or that, that John was doing. Could this potentially be John the Baptist raised from the dead? Right. And, right. and he's kind of mm-hmm. fearful. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the first time we see someone respond with maybe with, with, with the, uh, the motivation or the the feelings of, of shame right, or fear right. that keep him from mm-hmm. seeing who Jesus truly is. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's what Mark is showing that, you know, you have the Pharisees that their anger keeps them from seeing Jesus, his family and his hometown. It's their familiarity, familiarity mm-hmm. that keep him the crowds. It's their shallow obsession with his, his miracles that keep him. And, and here it's, it's maybe his shame and his, right. his mm-hmm. fear mm-hmm. that here's a righteous man and I'm not righteous. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I just think that's interesting yeah. for all of us to think, Completely. what? Are there things in our own life that mm-hmm. maybe keep us from seeing who Jesus truly is? Yeah, so. yeah. And I, when I read this, I just see. You, I feel like it's really clear that he Herod is curious about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what is also clear is curiosity is not what saves you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's a yeah. I can't submit, stay there, right? It's mm-hmm. it's a submission to who Jesus is and who he was and. Um, I, I would agree. I think I see a lot of guilt in Herod. I think he is distressed and, you know, he, he allowed the pride, his pride get the best of him. He, he wants to show off in front of this crowd and uh, he, he, do, he does want to please his, his wife at this point. Um, and so his, the pride is the root of all evil. And so his mm-hmm. pride of wanting to uh, just impress his guests uh, leads to the killing of, of John the Baptist and a person who I, I personally think he was wanting to also learn more from uh, because I think John mm-hmm. was was a person who who would have checked Herod in this moment that mm-hmm. all the things that Herod was doing John would have probably spoke against and and obviously that would cause Herodias to want to have his head so yeah it's a sad it's a sad kind of story to me mm-hmm. um, obviously with the killing of John the Baptist but also you now I mean very soon this leads to the to the end of his reign. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not on, he's not on the throne for much longer. Uh-huh. So it's like the beginning of his demise. Yep. And and it's a sad story of yeah, how far can your pride get you and mm-hmm. not yep. very far. So yep, Yeah, for sure. And and then not to mention just this was a big deal mm-hmm. with John the Baptist dying. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I, I, we don't see it in the text very mm-hmm. much, but you just have to know that this is somebody, you know, that Jesus knew well, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was right. a relative right. and, and there were even some of the disciples like in John, we see, I think it's Andrew that was a, was a disciple of John before uh-huh. he was and a he disciple goes, of yeah. Jesus. And, mm-hmm. and so this is somebody like this would have been really hard news right. to hear. Yes. And um, so I think that's important to see with the disciples and, and, and with Jesus. And um, I, you know, I mentioned to you earlier, you know, we often look at Stephen and Acts as the mm-hmm. first martyr. Right. But I, I kind of mm-hmm. want to go back and mm-hmm. almost give that to, to John the Baptist. Like even, even though we're still in the process of fully developing the good news of the gospel, we right. haven't gotten to the resurrection yet. Right. But John is here doing the same, you know, the work yeah. he's, he's calling he's people the to. Way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where this story is in the middle of right. Jesus calling his disciples. And mm-hmm. I think that's purposeful mm-hmm. to show that, hey, when you follow Jesus, this is what can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to be willing to give mm-hmm. it all and to give, mm-hmm. give your life. And, and I think that is why I think Mark has this little right. moment to say, okay, mm-hmm. we sent the 12 out. Um, but John the Baptist very similarly well, did this work and look, look what happened. Well, and, so. and when you say that to me, it's like, as a, as a writer, it makes you think he's telling himself this, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. he's informing himself, like when he's putting this pen to paper, he is recognizing the two stories that are about to unfold. Mm-hmm. Am I all in? I'm all in, which means that I need to pay attention that if I sent, if I get sent out by Jesus, this means that I could potentially end up like John the Baptist. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. cool to think about so. for sure. So anyway, well, let's keep going. We got a couple more yeah. little little yeah. stories here, and they're not little. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'll read. I'll read this next one. So okay. um, it says the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, "Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest." So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot. From all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. I love that phrase um, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked, go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups of, uh, in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of Taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was five thousand. Okay. So this is one of those stories that, you know, is Mm -hmm. a very common miracle. And uh, in fact, this is one of two accounts that Mm -hmm. is in all four Gospels. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that has to be significant. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the resurrection, which needs to be in all four, and then this. So uh, any thoughts as as you go through about the significance of what Jesus is doing here? I I think you kind of pointed out just the the compassion that Jesus has on these people, Mm -hmm. Uh, the the sheep without a shepherd, um, 
right? That that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And I think the analogy of Jesus being the good shepherd is, is what's being displayed here uh, to these people who don't have one and they don't know what they're there for other than to just continue to listen to Jesus. And Jesus is exhausted. He's obviously probably extremely emotional Mm. and he, I think, remembers, and this is not in the text, and so I don't want to do too much ad lib, but I feel like he's remembering why did John the Baptist die? Mm-hmm. And for for him to prepare the way for me to lead people to know who I am and to then know who my father is. And so this is just another opportunity to display that, feeding the 5,000. And I I find it very interesting because in my study of kind of the the, the five loaves and two fish, I don't actually think it's like two large fish. Like from my understanding, when you, you read through Mark Moore, he kind of talks about it as this is the little boy. So he's not just going to have two fish. Yeah. This is more of <laughs> like a, a, lot for- <laughs> a, a relish, right? It's going to be like a, a form fish in the form of a relish. It's going to be a part of his meal. Not the main course. And so Jesus is feeding the 5,000 with relish, you know, mm-hmm. like this, that's insane. And that's mm-hmm. awesome. And uh, a miracle to say the least. So those yeah. are my thoughts. But. No, that's good. And I think you're right on. I think think I love how you kind of talk about John the Baptist and in that context, because John's role was to show that everything that they were waiting for, mm-hmm. and because the Old Testament creates this sense that it whets your appetite for what's to come, right. and there are um, characters that have said, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Moses is one mm-hmm. of those, that said, mm-hmm. there's going to be a prophet that comes after me, mm-hmm. he says, I think in Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. who's who's God's word is going to be on his, his mouth. Mm-hmm. And so the people are waiting for someone right. like Moses. Mm-hmm. They're waiting for this shepherd to come. Uh, that was another image, you right. know, a shepherd like David. And, um, and I, and I think it's hard to maybe see in Mark, but when you right. look at some of the other gospels, right. I think you can't not see the connection with Moses here, right. you know, because, and that's where I think John spends a lot of time in his gospel at connecting those dots that you had Moses who provided, you know, manna from heaven mm-hmm. back in the Old Testament, and mm-hmm. Jesus is doing something very similar, um, kind of fulfilling that. And the thing that I, I don't know if this, you know, again, this is my thoughts, not what we right. see in Scripture, but right. I, I love that there is 12 baskets left over, yeah. kind of one, maybe one for each of the disciples, mm-hmm. and uh, but the manna mm-hmm. was only good for one day, mm-hmm. and then it rotted, mm-hmm. but Jesus is even better. Like, mm-hmm. there's stuff left over. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I don't know, I was thinking about that as mm-hmm. I read this time and I don't know if that's the reason or right, not, right, but yeah. I, I just always thought that that was, that yeah, was interesting. That is so, interesting. Anyway, but again, it's, it is a, a Mark is showing us who Jesus is mm-hmm. and this is a really good picture of he's mm-hmm. fulfilling everything that we've been waiting for and everything right. that has, we've been hoping for, right. for, for the Jews here. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's really good. All right. So let's finish things out. Okay. Uh, would you read for us this yes. last portion? Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before the dawn, uh, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they landed at Genesaret, we'll just say it that way, (laughs) and anchored there. 
As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout that whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. Okay. Yeah. So kind of finish things up. I, I, I like the image of this mm-hmm. passage. So mm-hmm. they've just finished. It's been a long day. Right. They're emotional. They're, you know, but Jesus goes away on a mountainside. And, and I love thinking about him being up high mm-hmm. and looking out in the, in <laughs> yeah. the sea and imagery. seeing them struggle, uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I, and, and Mark connects this with mm-hmm. the previous passage. Mm-hmm. He says, whenever Jesus finally mm-hmm. goes down there, mm-hmm. that the people or, or the disciples, uh, that they didn't understand about the loaves. Like they didn't quite connect the dots, but this is another way that Jesus is trying to fill in mm-hmm. the gap for mm-hmm. them. Um, and there's, there's an interesting phrase says that Jesus was going to pass by. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't think that Jesus was just going to kind of walk by and ignore them. Right. But when you go back to the old Testament and when you think about God revealing himself mm-hmm. to people yeah. with Moses, mm-hmm. there is this, phrase that he passed by you know Moses mm-hmm. in the mountain mm-hmm. and and um, God kind of covers him up passes by so that he can see the glory right. of God and right. I, I think what we see here yeah is That's similar good, yeah um, but the difference is uh-huh. he doesn't just pass by no. he gets in their boat mm-hmm. like and, and what mm-hmm. a better picture of of who Jesus is he's right. God he can see everything yes. he sees our struggles yes. But yeah, he comes down and meets us in our struggle mm-hmm. and gets in the boat right. with yeah. us. Like I, that's, yeah, that's good. I, I just loved that, yeah. that, that image. So yeah. I don't I, know. But. Well, and to me, what I was going to say was, this is the first time that we get to, Jesus is with you in the storm. Mm-hmm. And I think this is also the first time that his disciples are getting to see that, right? They, they just, it's, the text talks about how they just didn't understand how Jesus did this miracle with the 5,000. And now we are struggling and Jesus is somewhere. We don't know where he is, but we obviously in the text, we know that he's in the mountainside, but his disciples are struggling. They're trying to figure out, I mean, is this our death? Is this how we're going to leave this world? Uh And then Jesus passes them by and he calms the storm Mm -hmm. and Jesus is with you. And yeah, that's a beautiful picture that, yeah, like you said, Jesus saw them Mm -hmm. from up top. Mm -hmm. He knew they were struggling. Mm -hmm. And yet he also knew that in the moment that he went to them their fear their anxiety was going to subside because he'd be with them so Mm -hmm. it's really cool to kind of think about so Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's a great picture and i I love that mark includes it Mm -hmm. here so um well as we as we wrap things up i know there's a lot in this chapter yes um what would maybe be a a prove it moment you know something you see that man this really hit me and Mm -hmm. and and, and i uh, can easily apply it to, to my life yeah thinking of just about you know your, your faith journey, I would say the prove it moment for me is going back to where Jesus, he commissions the 12. Um, because we know that this is early on in Jesus's ministry. We don't know whether this maybe is in his first year, a year and a half, maybe even before that. And so to me, it is quite interesting that Jesus, he's like, all right, I've taught you enough. You've learned enough. Go. And I think for us as a church, for us as believers, um, we oftentimes, like you said earlier, we want to have all of it together. We want to know all of scripture. We want to feel like we have it all together. And what Jesus is saying to his disciples, go not by yourself, but Mm -hmm. in two by two Mm -hmm. and go. Mm -hmm. It's time for you to 
do the good work of the kingdom. And I believe in you enough that you're going to have me with you. You're not alone. And you also have a partner in crime and let's go do this. And so as a church going forward, um, when you are here on a Sunday morning or you're wherever you, 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 you learn about what Jesus is doing for you, it should not stop there. Like once you're transformed by Jesus, you should begin to change the world around you. And so, um, I think that's what's, what's happening here is Jesus saying, you know, enough, let's go. Yeah. And it's time to change the world yeah. for the kingdom. That's great. Yeah. I mean, cause you see, they, they haven't spent a ton of time with right. him, but he yeah. sends them out and, and, mm-hmm. and they're ready, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, yeah, I think that that's great. Um, I think for, for me, I, I go back to this one verse right at the beginning. Uh, so John the Baptist has died mm-hmm. and they've just come back from yeah. serving mm-hmm. and, and Jesus, uh, tells them in verse 31, um, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Yeah. And, and for some reason that just really hit me. And, and, you know, I, I'm someone who I, I always struggle with setting good boundaries and, uh, you know, it can be easy to get in spots where things get to be overwhelming, but I just loved seeing that Jesus sees that they have been working hard yeah. and sees that they have, um, you know, faced something difficult and he recognizes it and he encouraged them mm-hmm. to, to rest right. with him. Mm-hmm. And, and I think so often in my life, I've just learned that, man, true rest really does come with just being in God's mm-hmm. presence. And, um, and I, I just, it just meant a lot to read yeah. that phrase and to see that he cared so much to say, hey, mm-hmm. it's time to rest. That's and, so good. And uh, I, I just like that. So It's so good. Anyway. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, we will be back next week. We're going to be doing chapter 7 and 8 and uh, in the book of Mark. So we're going to be at our halfway point. Okay. Um, but thank you guys for continuing to, to tune in. And I just encourage you to read along um, and uh, join with us each week. And uh, we'll see you next week.